Welcome, all listener, to another episode of Spam, 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 Humbug. This is episode 145 of the podcast, as I reckon it. And it is... Okay, you know what? I just have to apologize because the entire thing has been on the rush. I took a week off of work and it has been a vacation in a lot of senses. But unfortunately, one thing that I have not had any time to do really is be in front of my PC for like, what now? It's Thursday and I'm finally finding time to even cut together this episode. So I apologize. This whole thing is hasty. And you know what? We didn't even really talk about the topic that we had planned to talk about, which was Shroud of the Avatar and Underworld Ascendant and Star Citizen and how it seems that all of these ex-origin personalities just like when they get to Kickstarter and they're free from the constraints of a publisher, things just fall off the rails for them. And we barely talked about any of that at all. There's a whole scattering, smattering, whatever you want to call it, of other topics that come up. And it's a really great discussion, but we barely talk about the planned topic at all, which is kind of hilarious since we actually had a plan this evening. But listen to it, enjoy it, find out for yourself. As always, we are hosted on Anchor.fm, a newer, more social podcast hosting platform. You can find us at anchor.fm slash podcast or at spam, 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 humbug.com. If you are listening to us in the Anchor app, please do consider liking our podcast, liking our episodes, and of course, share. Share our episodes with your social media circles. Bring us some more listeners. Let people know you like us. And of course, you can also find us if you want to support the podcast or the Ultima Codex. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ultima Codex if you would like to join the small but hearty crew of backers that we have. And as always, this episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug is brought to you by everyone who supports the podcast and the Codex by that means, especially our co-producers, Seth, Golden Flame, Chris, Dominic, Violation, Helgriff, Gronk, Pascal, and Thorwan. All right, really hasty intro, let's get on with the show. the bot's attempt to convince us it's not a bot. <laughs> this is a recording. <laughs> not that we would ever tease guys. You're you're not helping your case any uh, Ken bot. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, the kids are watching Despicable Me the other day, so. Yeah. Aw, good for That's them. what I got. It's a good show. <sighs> yeah, I can't disagree with kids wanting to enjoy it, so. <laughs> I remember well, one time well, on the Discord uh, server, uh, some guy some guy joined, and he immediately spammed, and I said, oh no, another bot, and he replied, I'm not a bot, uh, and everyone said, typical response from a bot. <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah. a bot, I am a man, not your bot. <laughs> Gaslighting spammers for fun and profit. Well, fun. Not so much profit. Oh, I yes. like enjoying the whole calling people well, NPCs when they keep being stuck on being a certain way. And it's like, well, no, I'm just going to keep calling you that. I like swords. Welcome to Canaria. <laughs> <laughs> about the fan of 8-bit theater. I just about... What happened? I was at uh, one of my... I was at my daughter's fastball practice. And... One of the kids, I don't remember exactly the circumstances. I think she got hit in the knee with a ball. Ouch. And so, of course, her dad, one of the coaches, was consoling her afterwards. But it was, it took, because he and I had been chatting just beforehand, and we'd actually, like, he's a computer programmer, I'm a, you know, what I am. And so we had been talking a little bit about gaming. And it's okay, Ken. You can say bot. 
it took everything I had after she felt better and went back to practicing. It took everything I had not to make a Skyrim joke. I used to be a softball player like you. And then I took a ball to the knee. <laughs> I took a fastball to the knee. Don't uh, hold back. Make the jokes. Be shameless. It's fun. Uh, oh, did someone steal your sweet roll? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know. But I have a feeling that we have wandered. I have pulled everything horribly off topic. So. What? Wait. No, that would require us to have a topic. <laughs> we do have a topic. What come topic? on. Come on. Come it's, on. It's, it's, it's us, though. Do we ever actually stick to topics? Yeah, ever? fair enough. Doesn't we matter if it's podcast, Discord, your name, IRC chat back in the day. We never stayed on topic. Yeah, Those that complain true. about herding cats have never herded dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on target. It's no good. I can't shake them. Stay on target. <laughs> Get out of there. You're not doing any good back there. Ah, that so... came in a different part in the movie, though. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Stay on the meter. But it's still very applicable. So It is. And I find myself reminded of trying to GM for a group. And oh, keep them that on That was point. your first mistake. Players, <laughs> play, players never stay on target. I, I've, used, I, I've learned to use this as a strength. I like the one where it's like the three bowls of cat food, and it's like you know me, the GM, Preventing setting up a the really puzzle simple for puzzle my, you know, for my group, and then it's like the three cats literally tied in knots, eating from each other's bowls. My, <laughs> my players coming up with a terrible solution. And I, I saw a similar yeah. video, such a similar video with dogs. Uh, yeah, the, the same idea. Balls are served, and and the dogs come come running to the balls, and with their tongue they they throw the food everywhere on the floor. The floor is covered with all the food, and they just uh, frenetically eat the 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 dry food, jumping from one place to another like crazy. <laughs> Sounds about right. Goodness. The fun part is when you have like one or two players in the frantic group that are just aware enough so that when you set off when you set off the iron trap later, you see the dawning comprehension as all of a sudden all the clues that you sprinkled earlier that they frantically uh-huh. ignored drop into place and they go, Oh, Oh, that was foreshadowing. Oh dear. <laughs> I think I think Fair sometimes uh, well, some of the reason I keep running is for players like that. <laughs> uh, There's an element of sadism then in any good GM, I suppose. You have to provide your players with a challenge. The fact that they ramp up the challenge through their own efforts is not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> Or I get the players where I'll put something I intend to basically be a team killer against them, and they'll find the one thing I didn't think of when when building the encounter and totally bypass everything I thought of. Yes, yes, you you have to realize that th- 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 that this slapdash team of idiots will suddenly crystallize into a force capable of killing God himself when combat hits the table. Well, that's fitting since it was Scion that I was running, and they were fighting a high-tier demigod. You're only sometimes it's not even that they. Sometimes it's not even that they, you know, wind up killing anybody. They just, you know, 
I've heard of scenarios where they, uh, you know, just completely wind up circumventing the need for combat in general. You see, I'm all right with that. In fact, to some extent, I encourage that with my players. Oh, sure, sure. There, there will Creative absolutely, and there will also absolutely be times where I will throw down a monster, and it should be glaringly obvious that the that a head-on confrontation is just going to be like trying to attack a steamroller with a papignon. That's a good analogy. I'm, 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 I'm pleased that more often my players actually recognize this than they used to. This reminds of another means, meme that I've seen. It means they're learning. Walking Meanwhile, volcano. I don't know what you did to piss the GM off, but you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Can I go off into a bit of a you know curmudgeonly old GM story for a second? Why not? We've been so on topic so far. The on group, a topic that has not even been announced, <laughs> I will point out. The group specifically the that I was talking about, they were set up to fight a high-tier demigod who had a, who had been an arc villain for them for a long time. And rather than try, I set up a trap where they had a high value uh, prisoner that the party needed to rescue because it was a mentor figure of theirs. I had it set up on the understanding they were probably going to try to stealth in. That was uh-huh. number one on my part. You know, I made it very clear. Chances well, I'm are, I assume that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right up front from over 30 years of GMing. Unless the whole party is built for stealth, never expect the party to take the stealth route. Leroy! I was actually just playing WoW Classic earlier. So, at least I got chicken. Actually, there it is. Actually, from my experience, we had, I had a, a group of players where one would stealth forward, and afterwards, he would cast... Uh, I think it was Dimension Door to pull the whole party across. Okay, that's uh, that's got to be an interesting interpretation. The standard version don't work like that. <laughs> but leaving leaving rules grognardery aside. <laughs> oh, they, there was like a couple of them that tried to stealth in. The rest of them rushed in the front door. And, you know, I had my villain doing his big smug I've already won, can't you see I've already won rant. Monologuing, yes. And the, the I villain... Set the timer. I set the timer for 37 minutes ago. <laughs> well, the trick is, he had a sword that had already killed one of the party's allies. It was a sword that was specifically anathema to the divine. You know, if you know, it was something that in the hands of anybody could kill a god. Well, mm-hmm. one of the party are complete and total, the one party complete and total non-combatant, as in I don't even think they had one single dot of melee skill, was the one who went up in the rafters. And the, when he started monologuing and gesturing, uh, the villain, the player asked me, has that, uh, in, in any of his speeches, that character taken his hands off of his sword? And I said, uh, yeah, he jammed it into the, he jammed it into the floor, you know, to state, you know, to, as a display of his own physical strength. So you're saying his hands aren't physically touching it now. Yes. I would like you to look at page so-and-such, it's so-and-such power. I'm going to telekinesis his sword up to me. 
And rules as written, that's exactly what that power could do because he was using something from one of the one of the splat books for Scion that I hadn't read quite. So I went and looked. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, this is uh, this is why I, I, this is why I have a hard rule about new mechanics. I.e., you want that shit? You you got to fly it by me first. I must and have not, had and, 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 and not just add it in at some point when you gain a new power, whether that's by leveling up or whatever. And then he proceeded to do what Scion teaches you to do and did a stunt and a legendary deed and invoked every single bonus he probably could to roll approximately 37 zillion dice. Yes. The villain that I had written to the point where they weren't supposed to be able to even hit the guy, much less hurt him. The complete and total non-combatant in the party basically did a leaping a, a leaping dive from the rafters and did a full-on one-shot Ganondorf on the guy. You know, I've seen impressive. Ganondorf, but it usually doesn't work so good. Most impressive. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was actually stunned when I looked at the dice and saying all sorts of colorful metaphors over the chat, but. I didn't expect it. I you know I didn't plan for that, so I let him have it. Well, There's no plans to contact with the players. Letting people have what they want sometimes is bad. Well, but we are talking about Shroud of the Avatar. <laughs> it was rules as written, and it was powers that this that his character had access <laughs> to from the purview he had access to. So um, his character should have been able to do exactly what he did. I just remembered the fun that is playing with the mythic rules from Pathfinder. Oh, God. There are things like the mythic boons. There's a list of things that if they happen, the player gets a mythic boon. Uh, It's been several years, so I don't remember exactly what was the mythical boon. But one of them, one of the events that would trigger the player to receive a mythical boon was to survive three critical hits in a single round. And, and, frankly, the, and, and, and frankly, when you're playing at Mythic, that's, uh, that, that's something that can actually happen with, with reasonable probability. I'm yeah. Mythic is... But, but they, I'm talking um, about three natural 20s in a single round. Okay, so Mythic is essentially Pathfinder, is kind of sort of like Pathfinder's version of the old epic level handbook, only it's designed to be added into the game at any point, not not wait until you're already at level 20 plus. Yeah, and you can just take it away when when the event or the conditions are gone, and everyone's back to normal. You you, you can, (laughs) yes... At the same time, yes. Wow, that's there's there's some Pathfinder has mostly avoided what I feel are the worst excesses of three point five's brokenness, <laughs> but the mythic system just basically takes that whole notion and says, Eh, F this. Break everything. It was fun playing with that. <laughs> and also there was a a character who also scored Three critical hits in a single round. It did happen. With natural 20s. Yikes. I've had three natural <laughs> ones in a combat round before. That's the other side of it. <laughs> that, that, that's just what we call everyday gaming. 
Trust <laughs> me, I've, I've, I've played, I've, I've run for plenty of tables. I've, I, ha- I have watched uh, the Legion of Suck roll over many a party. <laughs> and, and one of, another mythical boon that you receive is when you, when you kill a mythical character in a single round. And when one character kills a mythical character in a single round, and that did happen twice. For when you really, really want the quickening in your game. Yeah, and then I'm talking about starting with full hit points and getting mm-hmm. killed in a single round by a single character. Yep. There's a, there's a reason why I don't really use the mythic rules, even though I own the books. <laughs> Possibly several yeah. reasons. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like every the, time I play Ultima Six with glass swords. When I added the mythic rules, we already had about a year and a half playing, and we were on the nearing the end of the campaign, and it was uh, sort of a climax on the plot. And they acquired the uh, they. Uh, yeah. They managed to restore the power to a to a demigoddess, and the fact that they were aiding her is what uh, sort of made her grant them power. So they were sort of like the servants or help her, and they and that's when when I handled the myth when I added the mythical rules. From a story standpoint, I can totally see several places where it makes sense. It's the whole, I don't know, uh, when you decide that balance is no longer even something you need to pay lip service to, I, I, I get a little leery. <laughs> nah. Also, Ken, when you mentioned the glass swords thing, glass swords at least break when you use them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. But, I mean, come on. Anybody who knows how glass swords work doesn't go into combat with just one. Yes, yes, yes. Although I don't know if glass swords... You know what? I haven't tested this in U6 in a long time. I really should. I don't think that glass swords behave like throwing axes, right? Because if you have 20 throwing axes in your inventory... No, they don't... If you throw one, it auto-loads the next one. No. I, I, I am almost certain that it does not, in fact, work like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it does not. But, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Any, anything to boot a bolt six, right? <laughs> yeah. We know what you like. <laughs> well, that didn't sound creepy. Well, I like Ultima 6. I mean, what can I say? Ugh, I really wish that someone would remake that. For wait, like, wait, wait, know. wait, wait. That didn't sound creepy? I'll have to try harder. I'll have On to this try. podcast, you'll have to try a lot harder. <laughs> I'll have to try. Oh yeah. Just to, oh yeah. Just to give you an, an idea of the scale of the game at that point when I was applying the mythic rules, they were fighting a kaiju. That's a massive monster. Oh, they're always fun. Yeah, I know what kaiju are. And yeah, and yeah, but scary rules they, for them. They were aboard a, a war airship. They had hey. lots of 
of cannons, lots of firepower. And the, it's not enough. The, the warship was firing at, at the kaiju, and then they jumped on the kaiju. They they used the uh, what was the name of that spell? Uh, spider walk. One where you just stick to the walls and surfaces. Spider climb. Spider, spider climb. And they 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 stuck to the to the kaiju with spider climb, and then they started fighting. They tried to chop off its tail, which was a sort of a. <laughs> it was a like a mace with with long razor sharp. Uh, blades on it, and it would swing the tail, <laughs> and then the the wings were so powerful they created hurricanes, and it was just massive. <laughs> it and was a fight, yes. and what happened is one of the characters was a grappler. Oh, he was specialized in grappling, and he had a power which allowed him to lock himself in place. And the mythic, uh, the mythic rules allowed him to use that power to a degree that he could just lock himself in the in mid air or that kind of thing. So he grappled the kaiju, and then he's stuck in place. The kaiju was there floating in the sky and then the the warship fired at its maximum power the mages at the at the warship also used their most powerful spells and then the that's how they killed the dragon and then the the <laughs> well the player was really was very happy because he just managed to pull it off he managed to beat the the kaiju's grappling score and, which and he, considering the size of those like, creatures is a trick all in of itself but again mythic so at that point yeah <laughs> that's the most tiburon level silliness for those who don't read 1d4 chan most tiburon was a pathfinder D D story about a half-orc monk who specialized in grappling and rolled to pin a dragon's wing while on its back and rolled a natural 20. Well, in this case, it was a half-giant, and he had... Uh, it was a... Uh, I am psychic this warrior and having expansion power, which could allow him to grow three... I think it allowed, with the mythic and everything, it allowed him to grow three size categories. And also, being a half giant, he counted as an additional size category higher. Because yeah, otherwise, you're just not grappling something that big. It's just not going to happen. And um, sorely tempted to to nitpick that whole natural twenty thing because I know the Pathfinder rules, and technically, grapple checks are not attack rolls. So a twenty is not an automatic success. You still have to actually beat the CMD with a with with a grapple check. Well, when it comes to grappling in almost any system, I te my eyes tend to glaze over. Uh, well, I can't blame you for that. That's because the, almost every system that uses grappling decides to make it hardly complex for reasons that don't 
really stand. We're going to make grappling so complex that almost nobody will want to use it to encourage people to just stick to swords. Yeah, they they haven't figured out a... Uh, a quick and graceful way of doing it, no. Fun. And to this day, there is a trope on TV tropes, grappling with the grappling rules. Yeah, yeah. Go go fall down that rabbit hole. You'll be there a while, trust me. I have been. I have, I have lost multiple hours of my life just cross-referencing and clicking and clicking and finding, why am I looking at an anime about horse girls that run? Hey, at least it wasn't the bird dating simulator. I think that I think that one is actually banned off Twitch. It was either Hotful or Honeypot mm. was banned off Twitch. Mm. Almost certainly I, Honeypot, I think... actually, because Honeypot actually has some nudity in it, and you know that tends to that tends to send the Twitch sensors into a flurry. What's weird, though, speaking whereas of... whereas, whereas Hotful just has a bleeped up freaking storyline. Mm. Once you once once you once you play through enough routes to actually see it all. Oh, mm, the, the rules are it, weird, though. If it's not the main aspect of a game, you can get away with it as long as you get past it as quickly as you're able. Yeah, so, uh, you can deal with nude statuary in, say, an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, yeah. If it, it if, uh, if if you don't spend uh, I don't know like twenty minutes ogling the nude statuary just sitting there, uh, yeah, you're so, fine. But, I can almost yeah. guarantee you, though, the if you're problem, The problem is in Honey Pot, it, excuse me, Honey Pop, it's literally an integral portions of the, gay, the game's play reward system. So, yeah, it doesn't really fly. Well, and given the nature <laughs> of how much the character creator for the game has been hawked, I'm sure you'd have to play with nudity off if you were going to be doing cyberpunk. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, well, we kind of covered the, 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 stream, the streams will get to that in due course, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, we are we are we are we are, we are once again drifting far, far away. So, Ken, what was the topic? Well, <laughs> I mean, there was this some. Might be, this might be a good time to introduce it. Yeah, <laughs> well, sure, there was let's actually do something. <laughs> there was some thought that we might. Uh, uh, that we might um, talk about Shroud of the Avatar, which, you know, okay. <laughs> Do we really want to beat that dead horse more? Because, I mean, well, I don't know. Well, you know I, what? Need, the... I, need, I need to raise my glue making skill. Uh, does it have something to do with emasculation? Kinda, not I guess, that I'm like aware in a roundabout of. way. I don't know. Like, I mean, just... if you if, if you stretch at it a little, if you stretch it a little and squint at it funny, I like mean, those I th three, like those three D I pictures. I have never in my life been able to make one of those uh, look right for me. But then not, again, neither I, I. Once I think I was able to once, maybe. Apparently, we all have a similar flaw. Because <laughs> no, like ninety nine percent of those things, I cannot get to work for me. At yeah. all, I think. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, I think once I was able to, but whatever. Yeah, clearly, I just don't have the eyes for it. <laughs> I do believe our intended point of topic had to deal with uh, the disappointments of or of kickstarted games by origin uh, former player or former staff. That is an amazingly specific bullseye you have produced, sir. <laughs> well, specifically, we were talking about uh, Underworld Ascendant, Soda, and 
Star Citizen, I do believe. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, like Star Citizen is kind of the low-hanging fruit here because Star Citizen really hasn't changed, right? Like it's just uh, doing what it's always doing, which is to say that it's kind of steamrollering ahead with this crowdfunding campaign that continues to amass millions of dollars for reasons unbeknownst to me. And delivering yeah, I, incremental I, I, how, updates. How do, we, how do us mere mortals get in on that action? Well, that, but I mean, beyond that, like, okay. I, I want to make millions of dollars and not do work. That'd be great. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it does seem that they are doing work, but also, like, you know, if you read some of their status updates from years ago versus some of their status updates now, it seems to be that the work is somehow regressing the state of the project. Hey, they're they're just launching a DMake. That's all. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, right? Because like, if they went from like you know early status report, ah, was it bartenders or something? I can't even remember now. But I think it was bartenders, right? Like they had implemented bartenders, and then you know, like years later, they had sort of you know begun implementing the bartender system. And it's like, well, wait, uh, wait, wait. They implemented the bartender. Now they, the bartenders can actually start doing things. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But like to read some of their notes, but I mean, Star Citizen is kind of the low hanging fruit here. Like they have amassed a ridiculous amount of money. Who knows how much of it has actually been spent. There's a lot of indications that things are being worked on, even if it is just photorealistic recreations in CryEngine of like Mark Hamill's face. But at the same time, you know, what little of the, what little of Star Citizen is playable is not that much and it does not overly impress even uh even treated as you know like a tech demo for a cry engine based title when we say the system is uh, uh, a little underwhelming perhaps we're being kind <laughs> but i mean like the the thing that got me onto this onto the idea of maybe having this topic was i mean we a lot of, you know, just Shroud of the Avatar stuff, right? And I mean, like, just some of it, actually, in a, in a roundabout way, I guess it kind of starts with Underworld Ascendant, because, of course, Underworld Ascendant has... Now, Underworld Ascendant is a complete game. Now, granted, it's not the same game that necessarily they were pitching during the Kickstarter, right? I think Umbre was pointing out that it was pitched more as, you know, a dungeon-crawling RPG, but what it wound up being was more of a puzzle solver. Now... Okay, fine, whatever. But at least they did actually turn in a game, and there was some novelty to the mechanics in it. So at least in that sense... Some of sense, the voice they... acting was actually okay, what little they actually did have. And sure. Some so, of the I mean, puzzles it... and stuff was actually enjoyable, and it's like, it's not a terrible game, it's just a little underwhelming, which... It's not a terrible yeah, game, it's not what, it. not what we were expecting from it. Now, if you want a terrible game that was from a back Kickstarter, one of these oh, look at number nine. Is number nine the name of the game, or do you actually have a list of ten terrible games? This is number nine on the list. No, Mighty Number Nine is the name of the game. It was oh, put out Mighty Number Nine. Some I, I didn't hear the word Mighty. Somehow. Yeah, that was the uh, the Mega Man spiritual successor from the guy who was behind the Mega Man series. But it it came out, but it it, it wasn't that good. And I don't think they and I don't think people got their physical you know goodie fulfillments on that either. You know, like the whole box, like the whole game box and book thing that we have trouble or that we've been having trouble with. Right. And that was kind of the big criticism of Underworld Ascendant as well, was that, you know, like, hey, where are the game boxes? Thou didst promise a good, thou hast not delivered. Dost thou thou honorably correct my mistake? 
correct mistakes. Hang on, Drax, yeah. you're kind of lagging out there. Yeah, Expecting Drax. them to fix anything is crazy. Yeah, I was I was saying that I've been playing a game that's uh it's called Twenty XX, and there's a sort of a sequel Thirty XX coming. The Twenty XX is basically a sort of a Mega Man X clone with two playable characters and two DLC characters. And it's a mix of a Mega Man sort of game with Rogue. You have a single life and your energy, your life points do not recover after each stage. You have to get health capsules to, to recover your health and everything. And so you start the game and you, uh, you start on the first stage, you beat the boss from that stage, and then you go to the next one with the, li with the life energy that you had left from the previous one and try to survive and get to the boss of that stage and kill it and go on and on and on until the end. The stages are are procedurally generated randomly and also the starting stage and the stages available after you finish one stage are random as well the power-ups you find are, are also random there are, you can find the different upgrade suits upgrade for example upgrade helmets upgrade armor upgrade boots Upgrade weapons. Uh, yeah, and sounds like they really. Sounds like they really. Yeah, they really pushed the roguelike portion of the equation there. Yeah, and it's quite fun. I already finished it several times with the main character. Uh, I'm getting used to the second character. Uh, still haven't finished it with the second character, but with the first character, I can start from the beginning and go all the way through to the end without much problems. So it's what Mighty Nine should have been. Two DLC characters. And it's really addictive because the stages are they are not only randomly generated, so it's they also get harder as you go forward so if you if you get for example the sky temple stage at the beginning it's very easy but if you get it by the end like um as the eighth stage for example there are lots of hazards lots of flying enemies they are more powerful there are lots of shooting going on and you have to there are lots of laser beams that you have to time correctly there are moving platforms which you have to jump on and, uh, and dodge the beams synchronize yourself it's a uh, nightmarish compared to if you get it at the first stages huh and that added to the fact that it's randomly generated and there are power-ups there are also power downs <laughs> It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're sometimes they benefit you. For example, there's a power down which halves your life bar, but it doubles your energy bar. More DACA. 
yeah the so with the energy bar you you have access to the to to the weapons and you can use them more times but when you have 44 life and 30 of energy it's really not so not so bad to get your life halved and and the energy to get to the double Yes. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Put it on the table. <laughs> I guess I walked right into that one. So, anyways. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your game recommendation for this episode. 20XX. I'm reminded of nothing so much as um, one of the many, many weird spin-offs that there came is. out of the uh, Strong Bad emails. You know, uh, 20XD6, which was their weird take on anime. So... Huh. There's the link. And there it is. They, are, they have a campaign for 30xx. I don't remember if they have a crowdfunding campaign or not. Hmm. Been more more entertained by playing the game than checking the advertising. <laughs> Fair enough. As it should be. Yeah, that was literally what I was thinking. Hmm. See, and there's the sort of you know, if they are doing crowdfunding or whatever, like. Based on everything you've said, I would have reasonable confidence in their ability to deliver a good follow-up, which, uh, you know, like, unfortunately, yeah, there's another one coming up. Uh, oh, and, shoot, and shoot, shoot, it's shoot. a simultaneous two-player game as well. Ah, that's all right. That can be nice sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, local or online. Handy. It's nice to have a couch co-op game. Well, there's something special about... I don't know. I'm not sure I want other people co-opting my couch. I like my couch. <laughs> well, I've had people co-opt my games before. But then again, that's more a matter of me being engaged to a gamer. As you say, that, that sounds more just like a sort of extended loan. Well, this was a this is mine now, go buy yourself a new copy situation. Okay, so that's Sounds a like bit. marriage. If wow. you let an exotic dancer crash on your couch, does that count as having it co-opted? Asking for a friend. <laughs> well, this was a case of back I think when you it might. I think you might end up drawing more aggro than you intended with that maneuver. That was a long time ago. <laughs> the aggro field was different then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, not going into that story, but there is a story. <laughs> We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to try and pry it out of you in a different session. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we could do that. Oh, but Get a wrench. You've read XKCD. You know what you have to do. Uh, there's a lot of XKCD. What I may have to do is, is, a, is a long possible list of options. It's not wrong. There's only a handful of XKCDs that involve a wrench, and even fewer of those that involve extracting information from someone. So, which teeth do you like least? <laughs> I already had mine out, actually. Thanks. <laughs> well, we, you know, we can go. We can go for the encore. It is true. And now that we've gone through that, that, that little grim dark scenario. <laughs> yes. So after that digression, <laughs> true story. Anybody remember? Uh, Alt, or sorry, Final Fantasy XI, the first MMO. Nope. Yes. Well, 
being the absolutely huge weeaboo that I am, go on. I so, got so noted. I got myself a copy when it first came out because I was thinking anything with Final Fantasy is going to be good. Mind you, I hadn't seen the movie yet. Ha, you had not learned to suffer for your brand yet. <laughs> well, I don't I kind of enjoyed Spirits. Oh, it was a good movie. I just had no, to No, 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 no. I was I was referring to Final Fantasy 11, not not Final Fantasy oh. the Spirits within. Yeah, 11. Yeah, I I still have issues with that game. It was an MMO in the style of old games that made you suffer for it. See? Past about level 10, you had to be in a group to do anything more than wipe your own behind. And even that required two players. It's true. Wait. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Anyhow, I, my fiancé, who at the time was just my friend, you know, we hadn't gotten over ourselves quite yet. That took level 15. <laughs> Anyhow, she saw what I was playing and it's like, hey, that looks interesting because she was big into Final Fantasy as well and asked me if she could take a look at the game. So I let her start playing on one of my uh, one of my uh, auction house mules for a while. You remember auction house mules in games where back before they were linked for by city to city in games. You know, the bad old days of each city having its own auction house. Well, she was playing while I was on my, I think I was, I think I was playing Pokemon Ruby on my GBA, or I was on my, uh, playing on my PS2 at the time, so I wasn't really, you know, paying attention to what she was doing. So I told her, hey, I'm going to go to bed, you can keep, uh, she's like, but I want to keep playing. Well, you can, as long as you, as long as you stay quiet. I, you know, I got to sleep. So, can any of you see where this is going? I'm just yes, but enjoying sitting back and waiting. I, eight, I'm, just, I'm just chuckling under my breath here. Eight hours later, I roll over, I wake up, she is still sitting on the foot of my bed playing Final Fantasy Eleven. Yep. And has a character higher level in one night than I had in a month. Yep. How do you think <laughs> I feel? I got <laughs> New World today and played it on stream for just a few hours to hit level 10. And I look at my friends at basically the reason why I got it. They're already like three times my level almost. And because they've just I, been staying up all hours of the day, every day for like two days now. You know, and I looked at her and what she was kind doing. I, you know, I saw that she was still going strong, mind you. And I said, well, shit, I guess I'm buying myself a new copy of the game. And she just grinned at me and said, yes, yes, you are. No, like me, I've done more in a short time than they seem to have done in like days. And it's just like, yep, I'm terrible. And again, I will point it's out for the terrible, crowd. Really the right word for it? Kind of emasculates them a little bit. Well, you see, I, I, I've just reached the point where I realize I don't have enough time to devote that much time to an MMO. So, you know, if someone else does, hey, more power to them. Yeah, it's just the fact that I can be more efficient just kind of cracks me up. And it comes from that whole issue of just not having time to sink into one for all hours. Okay, where is that third black pearl? <laughs> oh, uh, and, and she ended up going on to end up being the main raid tank for her group whenever they did uh, did 70 plus ra uh, raids. Well, good for her. Whatever, whatever flew to your boot. Boot in a boot. 
So true. Yeah. I could, it's funny that you could tell where that story was going before I even got there, though. <laughs> this, this might tell you some, a thing or two I know about these experiences. See, like, if it had been my wife, then it wouldn't have been Final Fantasy. It would have been, like, two seasons later of Deep Space Nine. <sighs> but still. Somehow she mystically absorbs more episodes than, than, than you could actually play in the time allotment. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. How? How do you break physics so? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe she just skips things in her. It's it's funny. Like even now, you know, when she's not feeling all that great, she'll just put on DS9 to kind of listen to in the background as she falls asleep. And there's times when you know I've flipped the phone over in the morning, and amazingly, it, a still has enough battery to have video going still. But b, it's like, wait a minute, like. This is not like you were on season three. This is season six. Like, are you skipping episodes in your sleep? Like, what are you doing? Uh, but whatever. It's Deep well, Space Nine. So, can I really complain? No, I cannot. I, I cannot. I, 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 I hate to break it to you, Kenneth Bot, but she's actually a bot too. She's just, you know, better at it. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'll I'll take it. No, don't forget, time is relative when it involves light speed travel. Time exactly, is relative, right? Time is time is relative. So are in-laws. <laughs> Sadly, I have not yet figured out how to asymptotically approach my in-laws, but never actually reach them. Parallel processing, <laughs> lots and lots of parallel processing. The geekiest math joke I'm going to make all year. <laughs> no, no, you'll do better. I have faith. Well, yeah. Well. It reminded me of the old time I was told that there are 10 people in the world, those who understand binary and those that don't. Damn, Skippy. Yep. Yep. Four, four. There are also two kinds of people in the world. Those who can extrapolate from incomplete data. And? And yes, I deliberately left that blank. Note the silence. Note the silence. I'm suddenly reminded of my high school, uh, high school chemistry and physics teacher, who had a pet mole in his in his classroom named Avogadro. I can think of nice. a number of reasons for that. <laughs> oh, that oh, phew. that gotcha. kicked up dirt. That was so low. <laughs> Submolar, as it were. Oh, I remember a story of a one of my aunts or sorry, one of my wife's aunts or like one of her relatives had a, a pet snake and a rather large snake. I don't know if it was a boa constrictor or something, but a large pet snake. And somehow a mouse found its way into the snake's enclosure and mm. was not immediately devoured. So the owners of the snake named the mouse Time. And I guess the most lasted about three months before the snake finally decided that it needed a snack. Yep. What yep. Did, it, did she end up buying three more mice named Parsley, Sage, and Rosemary? <laughs> uh, that would have been good. That would have been good. Yeah, the mouse was just good company. Yeah, well, you know. There have been stranger pairings. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but... You know, field rations. You don't eat them until you have to. That's true. Oh, look. More Lemba spread. 
cram. And I still Indeed. remember actually having to sit down and explain to people why they didn't just ride the Eagles into Mordor once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a long list of reasons well established in story canon for why. Right. Now, putting some of those on screen, eh, well, Peter Jackson wasn't really going there, so... So some of them involve a giant flaming eye above Barad-dûr. <sighs> also, Nazgul on Felbeast. Also that. I can't begin to tell you the, the literature nerd's rage I had one time not long after A Fellowship of the Ring, the movie came out when I was in a Walmart, mistake number one. Given. But this, mind you, the town I live in, Walmart is quote-unquote the big store. Anyhow. Right, right. Well, that's true of like a lot of towns across America, but go on. And Canada, too, actually. Anyways, continue. I did my customary trip through the book section to see if they had potentially had any uh, new role-playing material or to see if they had any books that interested me because I was starting to get into the Harry Potter novels at the time. Right. Which reminds me, I need to find Order of the Phoenix. It's around here somewhere, but my daughter really wants to read it, and we don't know where it is. Anyways, sorry, continue. Well, you know, just uh, just, just wait until it bursts into flames, and then you'll be all right. Mm. Accio book. Oh, sorry, Harmony, fun, go on. The funny part, well, the I, I, don't, I don't really dare say funny because it was not so much funny as in I wanted to strangle somebody. Hey, in retrospect, some of those but are humorously... Funny. This was you're not since you're not currently in prison. Clearly, you made the right choice in the end. Indeed, either that or you're good at hiding a body. Anyway, they actually what did this gave us less at the army. But anyway, uh, I was I was listening into a couple of teenage girls looking at the Lord of the Rings books because they had reissued them with uh, with like Orlando Bloom and such on the cover, as one does. It's like, oh, oh, these Lord of the Rings books. You know, these are just like the movie. No, 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 they're a little bit different. That you know, they're different. Well, they should change it to be more like the movie. Ah, I can see why you were having fist of fist of death problems. Yeah. Yes. Must control <laughs> fist of death. Ah, uh, classic Dilbert. But and you know, I dare not go up to say him because these were like girls who were like 13, 14, 15. I was in my 20s and i had a scraggly beard which was already starting to go gray i looked like a hobo i realized I was, if i walked in and started to make a con or neck beardy conversation about books i would probably be seen at best as a pervert yeah that would not go well and uh, oh, there's no, no there's uh, no uh, good ending there uh i don't think a pervert would be the best scenario the best scenario would be harmless kook let's get away from him Still, no good. Still, still, this is another point where there are better things to be thought of, but none of them are good. Hmm. There are other investments of energy. This was also about the same time I had also been uh, asked to leave a GameStop or else cops would be called, even though I was just going in to buy a game and hadn't done anything because it was Pokemon night. Uh, and there were a bunch of kids there to play the Pokemans and, you know, the cards. Yep. And parents saw me as an unattended hobo-looking person Yep. and yep. a beat-up old jacket, you know, coming into a store at night while there were a bunch of kids there. It's not a good look. It really isn't. It, it doesn't really work for you, no. 
Well, I cultivated it at the time because I figured it would be a way to get people to leave me alone. <laughs> uh, well, yes. you know what? In this, that this, sense, you this, did probably succeed. This, Unfortunately, this is, of, this is what we call one of those yes, but moments. Yes, <laughs> quite. It, all, it, it is also a look that is cultivated to make people want you to leave them alone. Uh, by uh, which, as, of course, as, is meant not be anywhere near them. As uh, it's by the hundred percent success rate of them, you know, threatening to call the cops on you. Well. <laughs> And the store guy did ask me to leave. I said, look, I'm just here to buy a game. I'm looking here. I'm here to I'm here to give you money. And he said, look, I know that that would normally be fine. However, these 50, 60 dollars I might get out of you doesn't match the several hundred, if not thousands of dollars I'll get from these kids and their children. Please leave between tournament fees and packs that they will buy. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I couldn't argue. I mean, I, I, I was I was upset. I was more upset than I probably should have been, but I understood. That is one habit I'm glad my kids have not acquired. You know, they're they're hardcore for Minecraft, but Pokemon is kind of just like, well, Pikachu is cute. Oh look, the electric the ele an electric rat. How adorable. Yeah. Well, technically, hashtag hashtag it's a trilby, not a fedora. Technically, uh, Pikachu is more of a chinchilla, if you look at his if you look at his mind. Um, I'm, I'm going to come back with that and say, as far as I'm concerned, that actually makes it worse. I've seen plenty of adorable rats. I've never seen an adorable chinchilla. But again, that's me. Your, my, your mileage may vary. <laughs> Indeed. If you want to join the Ultimate Dragons, you can do so at udic.org, where you can choose your very own dragon name. You can also find the Ultima Dragons on Facebook. We have a Facebook group there. And you can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter or join them on Discord. And if you're feeling really old school, you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. Hit up the show notes for links to all of these. If you want to participate more directly in the podcast, you can send us an email. Or if you're feeling a little bit braver, leave us a voice message in one of three places, the podcast website, our Facebook page, or on anchor.fm. And you're also welcome to join us on our Discord server to chat with us to lurk, or even contribute to podcast recordings when they happen. And again, links in the show notes. If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug, you can do so at patreon.com slash ultimacodex, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to episodes the day before they go live to the general public. You'll also get access to behind-the-scenes audio when we have some to share, and possibly other interesting content. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're also welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at spamspamspamhumbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous. Be virtuous.